Welcome to the Tech of Business show. I'm your host, Jamie Slutsky. And on this show, we are exposing the technology that runs growing and thriving businesses today. From smart and innovative to nuts and bolts, there is no tech stone unturned. Now it's time to talk tech and let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the Tech of Business podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Slutsky, and this is episode number 66. My guest today is Karanda Adair. Karanda and I started our entrepreneurial journeys very similarly as WordPress developers. And as you'll learn in this episode, we took that two different directions. What I love so much about this conversation is that every entrepreneurial journey is different. It doesn't matter where you started and what path you began to walk down. It's when you look at yourself, you listen to your audience, you kind of pivot and switch and create your own path. Where you are today is unique to you. Where you're going to be in six months, in six years, that is also unique to you. Every decision that we make in our business comes from insight, from knowledge, and from feedback. And that's why I would love to get on a call with you and make sure that this podcast is bringing you what you need for your business. So go to callwithjamie.com. That's C-A-L-L-W-I-T-H-J-A-I-M-E.com and book a 15-minute call with me just to let me know what you'd like for me to bring on the podcast. If it's easier for you, send me an email, jamie at techofbusiness.com. So with that, let's get into the episode with Karanda. Karanda, thank you so much for coming on the Tech of Business podcast today. This is going to be one of those episodes that I think is going to stand the test of time because... When we first met, which was only a couple of weeks ago, you reached out to me and you're like, you use a lot of the same tools, a lot of the same philosophy, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of the same stuff. And you're like, I have to meet you. And that was kind of how <laughs> the conversation started. And so we got on a Zoom call and we met and I'm like, I have to have you on the podcast. So let's talk a little bit about who you are, what you do, and then we're going to get into the tech. Awesome. Thanks for having me. So I'm Karanda Adair. I am a web developer turned marketer and my company is Carvel Digital. And what I do now is I help service-based business owners learn to use content marketing to sell their service. Um, so that's, that's the nutshell. We can dig into any of that. <laughs> yes. In, as you said, you started as the developer and then you moved into the content, whereas I started as the developer and I worked, moved into the integration and making more systems work better together. So I love how it's the same route, but then we kind of go different ways. Can you talk a little bit about what it was that was unfulfilling or that drove you toward the content rather than sticking with the, um, the web dev type stuff? Yeah, absolutely. So I, like I said, I started as a developer and just made WordPress websites for people for a few years. And then I got into more of the maintenance side and um, trying to develop recurring revenue and help people with, you know, keeping their sites up to date. And what I found was that in the very beginning, I would hand off the sites to people and it wouldn't really do anything for their business because they didn't know how to use 
the website as a marketing tool. So it was sit there, you know, best case scenario, it sat there not really doing anything. Uh, worst case scenario, it got hacked because they weren't keeping it up to date. <laughs> so I kept moving, you know, changing my offer a little bit to try to address these issues. So I added on maintenance and then I started learning a lot about marketing. And so I shifted my offer um, to marketing focused websites, um, which didn't really change what I was doing materially, but it brought in the consulting aspect so that I could bring in some of the marketing lessons that I was learning to help clients. Um, and then ultimately what I found was I would still hand off the website and people weren't quite sure what to do to, to make that keep working. And so I'm a person who is a writer by inclination. Um, I've actually for many years thought to myself, like, how can I change my role in my company so that my job is mostly content creation? And um, content marketing is huge right now. And it's always been huge. When people are confused about what content marketing is, I tell them it's television because everybody <laughs> understands that. It's like you watch Game of Thrones or you watch television because it's entertaining but people make television so that they could sell you stuff. Right. That's really all we're doing just in a different <laughs> medium and on a different scale. And um, so I really um, just in about three months ago started going, you know, full time into just teaching this content marketing to business owners. And it's so much more fulfilling for me because instead of coming in and doing something for someone, which tends to get people to kind of check out about their tech, like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or if they're non-technical, they kind of check out and say, okay, I hired you to do this. I don't have to think about it anymore. And like, well, yes, you do, because we're doing this for your business, right? your business. And so instead of that, I get some people who are engaged and want to actually learn this piece themselves because it's their business and they need to understand it, um, even if they're eventually going to hire it out. And so even in the first, you know, 10 weeks that we've been doing this, so many breakthroughs for clients, so many wins, um, they're getting more clients, but more importantly, they're gaining skills that are going to serve them well beyond the time that we work together. And that was, that was my goal. I actually, like I, that they're gaining skills that they are going to benefit them. That is to me, the reason why all of us do what we do. I know that when I put in place systems for, you know, and automations and integrations for my clients, I am giving them the roadmap that they can walk down. So we create it once and then we have a blueprint to go by the next time. And I do it strictly on the tech side, but you're showing that that type of guidance and support and trajectory works in all avenues of business. It works with the content marketing. And content marketing is one of those terms that we've talked about on the podcast several times, no question about it, but we've also just hear it as buzzwords. And when you think of content marketing for a business owner, what types of content are you helping them with? And why would those be the principal ones that a listener right now would want to be thinking about implementing in their own business? So first of all, um, like when we say content, to me that really can take any form. So it could be text, it could be video, it could be audio, um, it could be images. So I usually tell people to start with the medium that they're most comfortable with. Um, and the second thing is that a lot of people are aware that they should be creating content, whether it's for their blog or for social media, but they're really stuck about 
what to create and having a strategy behind that. And so I give people a framework that is based on their customer journey. And I get them to actually um, realize that their future clients are on a journey from not knowing about you know, anything about them at all, including that they exist, to becoming aware of them, to becoming aware of you know, the problem that the person is solving, to becoming aware that, oh, there's a solution to this problem, to eventually buying. And mm-hmm. so once you become aware of that, then what content create becomes a lot easier because you can think about each state of, stage of that journey what do people need to, to know about me in order to move to the next step? And I think a lot of people go from the, okay, what do people know need to know to go from like not knowing anything to buying? And that's like the, the marriage on the first date approach. <laughs> so, so, you know, thinking about that and, and just thinking, okay, what do I need to do to move this person to the next step? So from not knowing me at all to maybe getting on my email list or following me on some different channels to, having a conversation to eventually buying. Um, And so thinking about, you know, what mistakes is your market making? That's, I never, ever run out of things to write about when I think about, okay, what mistakes are people making? Um, What are their frustrations? What are they worried about? What's keeping them up at night? Things like that. Instead of just like, oh, you know, I'm a developer, so I'm going to blog about plugins or, you know, things like that. It's kind of like, I think that's what we naturally do as business owners is we blog about what we know, but we actually need to blog and create content about what do our future clients need to know about us. That is such, such good insight. And it's relevant to everybody, whether you have a brick and mortar product business, a brick and mortar uh, service business, an online service business, you know, even if you have an online product, I mean, it doesn't really matter what your business is your business is solving someone else's problem. And that's what we need to speak to. It's kind of that whole thing with uh, Simon Sinek, or Sinek, I think is how you pronounce his last name, with start with why. Why are you doing this? Because why is 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 the, um, the most important question to be asking. The person who's buying from you wants to know that you are able to solve their problem. And they don't care about how. So it's the same kind of thing as... What you do and how you do it are less important to are you going to solve my problem? So even though like it's not necessarily starting with why because that's a very internal process, but it's putting the person, the your client, your target market in the center of that bullseye and focusing on what they need rather than the what and the how. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I really like that. So when you – were building websites for your clients. I know that you had a very kind of specific formula that you were using. You were using the same tools. You were suggesting the same architecture. You were kind of using tools that you trusted and bringing those forward. And now that you're working more on the content side of things and the content marketing side, are you still giving suggestions on those other facets of the business or are you still doing them? What what kind of um, thought process has gone into this pivot? So the short answer is yes, I absolutely am still advocating for the same tools because the content has to reach people somehow. Right? Yeah. That's, that's hopefully involves your own website on your own domain that you own um, on your own hosting. Like all those things still have to be in place. And mm-hmm. I still have clients who come to me with that problem needing to be solved. 
I think the difference is that I've flipped the order of importance to let's make sure that you understand how to get clients on the internet. <laughs> uh-huh. And then you can invest in the tools to make that easier. Um, and so I'm still recommending, you know, the hosting that I like and um, the, the WordPress tools that I like, the frameworks, the plugins, because those are the things that I found make it the easiest to get my content out into the world, to make it easy to change when you're talking about websites or landing pages. These are not static things, or at least they shouldn't be. Like you should have the, the power and ease of going in and being able to change and test different messaging. And if you have to call a developer and then wait 48 hours for them to go and change a headline or some text or an image, that's going to slow you down. Um, and so um, I still want to empower people by giving them the tools that make it easy for less technical folks to actually manage that stuff on their own. Okay, so what I'm hearing right now is you made a pretty significant pivot in the way that you make money, but you aren't making a pivot in the way that you provide value. This is something that you feel very strongly about. You you know that there are really good ways for somebody to use the online um, infrastructure to move forward with their own business goals and everything else. And that's what you're continuing to serve, to provide is, is the value and the expertise, even though that's not where you're making your financials. And the reason why I brought this up is because I know that there's a lot of listeners who are on their own journeys and they're making their own pivots and things like that. And it's kind of going back to don't throw everything away if you're making a pivot. And I know that that was something that I tried when I, you know, became a virtual assistant and a personal trainer instead of being a website developer. <laughs> I kind of threw everything out. And then I had to, really, you know, kind of rebuild it all. And so I guess that's a lesson that I learned. And I'm really glad to see that you haven't gone down quite as extreme a path as that. And I think that it's just valuable when you have done the research and when you know things that those are the pieces of information that we can share and go beyond. Um, so I really appreciate the fact that you haven't thrown that all away and that you, you've still become a trusted advisor and a trusted source for your clients and helping them to actually use what you're providing. Yeah. And actually I just um, had a client request this week that was about like, what CRM, you know, what project manager, what, you know, process management tool, like all these things. And I was able to point to, you know, articles on my site that I've written about in the past and, um, and, you know, even clarify what some of those different tools are, like the difference between email service provider and CRM. And mm -hmm. um, so I, I still like, you know, I don't, I don't ever think that anything is wasted. And so I definitely don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, um, you know, because I, there was a lot of hard lessons to come to the, to the stack that I got to. And, and they are things that have stood the test of time that I've been using for two, three, four, five years. So um, definitely want to pass that on. Yeah, and you're using your own content as a marketing tool. I mean, you just showed your expertise to that person when they came and asked you for a question. You're like, check, I got that. And so, exactly. <laughs> so when we're creating content, we're not necessarily creating it for today, but we're creating it for our future self as well. Exactly. That's something I say all the time. And another thing I say all the time is one of my goals is to 
be able to answer virtually any question with a link. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's our quote for this episode. I want to be able to answer every question with a link. Yep. I love it. I love it. So because I haven't shared a whole lot about um, how I came to my tech stack that I use when I'm building WordPress websites as part of bigger projects, I think it's kind of fun that you know, because you and I kind of came to a similar tool set for us to just kind of go back and forth a little bit on, on some of the tools and say, how did you come to this? How long have you been using it? What's your experience? Things like that. And just because I think that we're going to have different answers for that and I want to share with the audience just kind of that there's a lot of different ways to tackle online business. How sound good? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. Well, the first one um, is the page builder. The page builder of choice is? Uh, Beaver Builder. I actually have two. So Beaver Builder is my page builder of choice. And Thrive Architect is my landing page builder of choice. Gotcha. And I actually use Beaver Builder for both of them um, because I want to have fewer tools. (laughs) Yeah, and and I appreciate that. The reason I use Thrive still is because they have a whole ecosystem of conversion-focused tools that work with WordPress. And so with the landing page ecosystem, it allows me to A-B test pages really easily and quickly, which, you know, if if you're on the path of continual optimization, it's really handy to be able to say, hey, make a copy of this page change some things about it, the headline, the button color, whatever, and automatically run a test for a couple of weeks and choose the winner. And you can do all that, you know, in 30 or 40 minutes with that tool. So that's why I couldn't give it up. <laughs> gotcha. No, that that's really good. So how did you come to actually either one of those tools in the first place? Um, with the page builders, I think I'm, you know, I'm part of a lot of uh, online communities for like web web professionals. And so part of it is just, you know, people in your ecosystem start talking about these tools. And so I started trying, started working with Beaver Builder pretty early on. And it just was one of the first um, page builders that just worked and um, worked really well, was easy to use, was easy to teach clients to use more importantly. Um, and also one of the things I think about, especially with a page builder tool is what happens if you want to pick up your toys and go home, right? This is a question that I ask about all tech that I'm thinking about using. If I want to stop using this tool, what happens to my website? If I want to change my theme, what happens? And a lot of the times with page builders, you turn them off and you're left with just like a horrendous mess of code inside of your, your text editor and Beaver Builder and Thrive both just kind of leave you the HTML um, so that it's very flexible and portable. And, And that was important. That is great. And I totally agree with you on that, that that was one of the reasons why I went with Beaver Builder was because of it was ease of use for my clients who are going to be taking over the site um, and wanting to be able to go in and tweak it. So just to uh, explain to the audience a little bit about what you meant by if you uninstall or deactivate the Beaver Builder plugin or the Thrive um, plugin, the it's Thrive Architect plugin. Um, I'll have those links, by the way, in the show notes. Um, what happens is all of the content that you've added in in this beautiful front end page builder just defaults back to normal readable stuff and you're not left with what's called a short code. And that's usually what you'll see when it's um, something is in square braces 
inside our square brackets inside of your WordPress editor. Um, I will take a screenshot as well and throw a screenshot into the show notes. If you want to see what it looks like to have a whole bunch of um, those short codes in there and kind of what it means. But the idea being that with this, with these types of plugins, these page builder types of plugins, they are completely modular and they, they don't leave a footprint. And that's one of the reasons why I, I like these particular plugins as well. But I, I, just because they don't leave that nasty footprint of having to go in and do cleanup. Another um, program that I know has some messy cleanup to it and I'm just going to call this out because it's um, something that I deal with all, uh, quite regularly with my clients is when you're writing um, anything in Google Docs and then you copy that into WordPress, it's actually copying in a whole bunch of extra HTML markup which doesn't usually cause a problem but it's not the best thing. <laughs> um, so that's just another example of something that I've noticed because I'm on the back end and I'm sure Karanda has noticed as well because she's on the back yeah. end of this kind of stuff. And all we're trying to share with you here is when, I guess when your developer or your web gal or your web dude or whatever it is, gives you a piece of advice, we're not giving it to you just on aesthetic reasons alone. Yep. And it's so hard to explain sometimes the technical headaches behind things. And I have, I have an article, you know, with similar screenshots showing like the page builder problem, right. Of, of some of the tools that, that leave that mess. Um, and a lot of my articles are trying to explain, uh, I have one about just premium plugins. Like what do you, what do you, as a client, what do you need to know about premium plugins? And the fact that some of these tools cost money and someone's going to pay for that. Either it's your developer, your designer, it's you. And, you know, you need to understand that and know like, here's the value of this tool. Um, and that's a continual challenge is explaining those, those technical nuances to folks. Yeah. So let's talk about it. When you were building sites for your clients, what was your philosophy? Was it you paying for the premium plugins and leaving access on there? Was it you required them to purchase? How did that flow work and why did you choose it that way? Um, I think this is a million dollar question for a lot of tech pros, right? <laughs> yes. uh, so my, the way that I did it is, especially when I was um, doing care plans and support um, and marketing retainers was I had a suite of um, developer license plugins where I had, you know, unlimited access for client sites. And so if someone was going to be an ongoing client, then I was happy to give them my license and let them use my license for those tools. Um, and if we were using something that was like a one-off, that was something I didn't use for a lot of clients, then I would have them just purchase that license on their own. Um, and, you know, one thing I was very adamant about was doing that education so that they were very clear on, you know, what this was, even if I was paying for it, I was very clear of like, here's the list of things that your site runs on and here's who's paying for it. And if we part ways, these are the things that are going to become your responsibility so that it's not like this shock when, you know, the client wants to part ways and it's like, okay, here's this big bill. Um, so the education piece was the main thing. Yes, I think that that's great. And I am in a similar, uh, similar mindset that, you know, 
there are some plugins that I'll use that I'll be like, okay, this is something that you're going to have to buy the add-on for because it doesn't make sense for me to buy a single license add-on on your behalf and then to charge that through every year. It made much more sense to have my client just be in charge of the renewal of that license, understanding why they want to renew that license um, and those kinds of things. And when it comes to premium plugins – and this is a little bit more technical than we usually get on the Tech of Business podcast, even though we talk tech all the time. But when you buy a premium plugin, you're buying it because you're paying people to support the product, to keep it running, to keep developing, to keep the bugs out, to make it better, to make ultimately make your site work better and do more for you. Why else? Do, is there anything I missed there? I think um, one thing that I've tried to explain because, you know, sometimes people are very budget conscious. And so they're like, well, why do I have to pay 80 or hundred dollars a year for this thing? I'm like, well, let's think about what you would pay for this. If you wanted to have a developer custom code it for your site, many hundreds, many, many thousands of dollars in most cases for the functionality that you can get by just paying like a hundred bucks a year, a couple hundred bucks a year for this tool and have a team of developers constantly making it better and supporting it and making sure that it works and providing support when something does break. That's such a great way of describing it. It's basically you're getting access to a team of developers who are creating a really good product rather than hiring a single developer to do exactly what you need today. Guess what? Tomorrow you may have a new need and you're going to have to go back to that developer. So by being able to be tapped into an online community around a premium plugin, you can put in a request. You can say, hey, I'd love for the for this plugin to have that kind of functionality. And they may put it on the roadmap and it doesn't cost you anything other than to keep your license active. Exactly. Yeah, no, I really like that. Let's get back into the content side of things and lighten things up for the audience a little bit because, again, you know me, I know you. We could go so, so deep on this stuff, and we only touched one tool that we both use. But I want to talk about um, when your clients are blogging or they're doing, you know, a video, YouTube channels, things like that, when they're creating the content that it, has a residency like so it sits on their WordPress site in some way shape or form what tools or suggestions or you know constructs that you might have them develop so that they can efficiently and effectively use the tools to deliver their new piece of content um great question so First is um, organization is really important. And so I have a video on my site that's just talking about organizing your files. And I talked about this at a WordCamp that I um, did a talk at and asked people afterwards, what was the most valuable piece? And more than a few people said, I'm going to organize my files. Because if you think about, you go to create a piece of content or you go to use that content somewhere, and it takes you, you know, five, 10 minutes to even remember where you put it. And time is money. So using something like Dropbox or Google Drive and actually creating an organized system so that you can put your hands on any file that you need to at any time. Or even better, your VA, your virtual assistant can put their hands on what they need to at any time. Um, so that's really key. Um, and then as far as content creation, um, 
I, I also have an article about like how the tools that I use to create content quickly. So ScreenFlow is a favorite for making like screencasts um, of things that I'm doing on my laptop. And I wanna show like, this is exactly how I do this process. Um, if you don't have a Mac or if you wanna use like an online tool, Loom is great and it's free. Cloud app is great. Um, and it's actually was purchased by Automatic who are the people who make WordPress. Um, so those are like my big go-tos. Um, as far as text, um, you know, any text writing tool, Evernote or Google Docs, or I like a little writing tool called Bear that's just really nice and clean. Um, so it, it's really, that's a lot about like your preference. Um, mm -hmm. So let's see, I've got my blue Yeti mic that uh, I'm using today for the podcast. Um, yeah, anything I'm missing? I mean, there's, you could go into a deep, deep rabbit hole in terms of like gear. And so I go, I go into that in like a five minute video on my site, but <laughs> send you over for the show notes. But, you know, don't, I, I also encourage people not to get too caught up in like the tools, especially in the beginning. It's more important that you're actually doing the thing. Yeah. And you can grow into getting as fancy as you want with the tools, but, um, there's a lot of free stuff out there that you can just get started and just do the thing because you're going to be bad at it most likely when you start. And so <laughs> just getting those reps in early on is just the most important thing. Yes, that makes really good sense. Really, really good sense. So I want to wrap up here with just something that I was thinking about as you were talking about that. And that's just back in the WordPress editor for a moment where the WordPress editor makes it so easy to do text formatting, adding headings, adding bold, adding italics, those kinds of things. They're just very simple buttons that you can click to make things easier for your consumer to read. That's something that no matter where you are in your business and in your life and everything else is worth spending the time to just make it more enjoyable for your user to read because the, if they enjoy reading it, they're going to share it, they're going to comment, they're going to interact with you. And that's really the goal of content marketing and using these online tools for your business. I'm really glad you ended with that because this is something that, you know, I work with my clients on. I literally look at their, you know, their Facebook posts and their content and I've gone back and I've reformatted and put it up as an example and said, paragraphs, you know, paragraphs are so important. And we, we just, when we're creating and we're just trying to get it out there, we don't necessarily think about those things. But if you, as a consumer, you look at, you know, a wall of text versus something that's really nicely formatted, has some headings and some bullets and is scannable, you know, you can see for yourself what a different experience it is. And that can help you to remember when you're creating the content to give people that experience. Yes, absolutely. So Karanda, can you share where your magic website is and where anyone can um, contact you and learn more about you, read your articles, those kinds of things. And uh, then we'll come back to our last curveball question. Awesome. Yes. My website is carveldigital.com, Carvel with a K. And um, if you go to carveldigital.com slash tools, I have a landing page where you can get 
a little mini course on all the tools that uh, I use, some of which we've talked about and some of which we didn't get to. Um, you can get all my magic stuff to um, make your tech life easier. And I'm on almost all the platforms you can think of um, at Carvel Digital. And I always tell people, you can just Google my first name and you can find out pretty much anything you want to know about me. <laughs> that totally works. And we'll definitely have those links in the show notes. And if you are thinking, hmm, I wonder what those show notes look like. Click on the artwork in your podcast app right now and take a look at how I format the show notes and then head over to the Tech of Business website and look at the show notes for this episode and see that I went a little bit more than just a brain dump of text to make it a little bit more visually appealing for you as a consumer. So let me know what you think of that. But I'm not letting Karanda away, get away without a little bit of a curveball question. And so my question for you is this. If there were a brand new tool that would take you back to developing websites because it solved the problem in a better way than anybody or anything had done before, what problem would that new tool be solving? Wow. Okay. Um, good enough to take me back to building websites. Um, I think it would have to be a tool that um, takes the tech stack that I have and allows a really easy and mostly automated setup and integration of all those tools. So, you know, WordPress, uh, your CRM of choice, you know, maybe your payment processor of choice. If you had a tool that could, you know, create that, that templatized framework and connect all those tools together, but still have the client retain ownership, that mm -hmm. would be super tempting. That is usually, so cool. Yeah, usually what you're giving up when you when you do that easy route is you're giving up ownership, which is not something to do lightly if at all. So that that would be tempting. Okay, well that's really cool. And the whole reason, as everybody knows, that I ask these questions is because I want everybody to walk away or drive on or get off the treadmill or wherever you happen to be listening with your ideas starting to flow, with you saying, okay, what's next? What's that next thing that I can do in my business that I didn't think about before listening to this episode of the Tech of Business podcast. So that's the purpose and that's why I love hearing back from you guys after you've heard the curveball question saying, you know what, that one inspired me to do this. So if you haven't, connect with me wherever I am on social media. You know I'm Tech of Business pretty much everywhere and just like Karanda, if you search for my name, you'll find me because there aren't that many Jamie Slutskis in the world. Although I do know that there is one in Florida. But th on that note, I just want to thank you again so much for coming on the Tech of Business podcast and sharing your wisdom and your pivots and everything else with us today. Thank you so much for having me and letting, letting me stalk you into, <laughs> into getting on the podcast. Really appreciate it. It was an absolute delight. What I love so much about the podcast medium and you as my podcast listener is that this is a conversation. You and I just got to experience something really magical together. I got to have that amazing conversation with Karanda. You got to have firsthand 
listening to that conversation. It was the two of us with you as a fly on the wall. That's what I love about podcasts is that it's not necessarily the one-to-many mass broadcast that people think it might be. It's a really intimate experience. And I have thoroughly enjoyed being in your ears when you've been out running errands or running on the treadmill or driving the car. And I want to thank you. Thank you for being part of the Tech of Business community. Please let me know if there is anything I can do whatsoever to help you move your business forward. And if you haven't recently checked out the Tech of Business website, head back over there. There is always something new to download, a new freebie, a new what have you. And I would love to be able to provide the tech support that your business needs in order to reach your goals. This is my passion. My passion is technology and I don't expect it to be yours. I want you to spend as much time as possible working in your zone of genius with your ideal clients. You're listening now. I bet you're one of my ideal clients and I would be honored to take tech off your plate and help you focus your business toward productivity and performance for your clients. I'll talk to you again real soon. Thanks for listening to the Tech of Business podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, share, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Overcast, or wherever you download your favorite shows. You can also check out the show notes and learn more about me at techofbusiness.com. I'll see you next week.